Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void or prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. It's all right. Everybody, welcome back to Vikings Happy Hour. we got a huge show for you today. Uh, we're talking Vikings GM search. We're talking playoffs. And we're going to talk a little bit about the defense and how we can maybe fix that. So grab that beverage and let's get ready to roll. Welcome to Vikings Happy Hour, where we mix our favorite beverage and talk of your Minnesota Vikings. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Vikings Happy Hour. I'm your host, Matt Anderson. You can find me over on Twitter at Matt Anderson underscore eight. And tonight we got our co-host back. Ryan Ortega is here tonight. You can find him on Twitter as well at Sports Guy Rye. And Dave is leading it. Everything producing, you name it. He's here every night. Uh, but he's here tonight as well, showing his face for us because we don't have a guest. So he is our guest. Uh, always love having you on the on the forefront here, Dave. Yeah, give me a minute. I'm trying us. to get so, everything squared away, get the tweet out, so those folks <laughs> that haven't already joined, like Clifford, Nick, G Mac, Mary, Nick, um, will have a chance to do that. Well, I'd be remiss if I didn't start this show off by by thanking the guests from last week. Uh, not only Judd Zolget, who was on the show, but everybody in the the chat who listened, who participated, who commented. Um, you guys blew that episode out of the water last week, and uh, you know we couldn't do that kind of stuff without you guys. So I appreciate that. Um, uh, appreciate you guys all subscribing. If you haven't yet or you know somebody that hasn't yet, head on over to our YouTube page and let's bump those subscribers up. I think we're, uh, what are we at, uh, 1,200 right now, Dave? Yeah, about 1,200. Yeah. Yeah, we had so, a huge so let's get that thing spike moving. after we hit 1,000, and we appreciate it from the bottom of our hearts. Um, it was great, and last week's show has rolled over 3,000 views which for us Let's go. only comes in second to the live draft shows, which is amazing. It was outstanding. I want to congratulate you, Matt, for having the biggest show, show so far this year. Thank you. Well, it's, it's early, right? Only January 19th, so we got a long way to go. Um, hell, who knows? Maybe tonight's show. Of course, it's the week that I'm gone. You of know, course. It, it must be, I, I must be the bad luck charm. Or, you know. Well, Not bad luck, but I, you know, me being gone and Judd being here must just uh, really rake it in. <laughs> if it if did, you connect the good. dots, it all kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we uh, we already have comments talking about people. What are they drinking tonight? This is Vikings Happy Hour, so I get so bad at doing this on a week to week basis. But tonight, 
we'll fire it up again. <laughs> yes, GMAC, I am wearing a Buffalo jersey. Since we're not in the playoffs, we cheer on Stefan Diggs. Uh, back to the drinks, though. Tonight, by the way, notice the glass. I don't know if you can Ooh. see it. My parents got me uh, a whiskey set. Comes with a decanter, all Vikings. I, could, I don't have it with me right now, but I could show you the rest of it. Uh, but tonight I'm drinking some Terramana. Uh, I'm going back to tequila, uh, partially because I think I'm out of whiskey. But uh, that is my drink of choice on this fine evening. Ryan, how are you, by the way? I, I didn't even ask how you're doing, fresh off of vacation. How are you doing? What are you drinking? I'm great. You know, we definitely had an opportunity to to really just get out of this bitter cold and, and go visit Disney. And that was fantastic. Kids had a blast. Uh, we had a blast as adults. And uh, yeah, I, I tuned into the show from down there. Uh, we literally had just got back. I, I missed like the intro, but uh, we had got back from our uh, trip. I think that day was um, Hollywood Studios. So we just got done doing all the Star Wars stuff. And, uh, and right as the kids just kind of sat down to chill out and I finally got off my feet, I'm like, Hey, our show's on. So, you know, I tuned in, got to listen in and, and, uh, dream I could have been here from afar. Cause I always love being on this show and, uh, and talking football with you guys. Um, I am drinking the same thing you are actually, at least to start. Uh, I wanted a little what? tequila oh. tonight. So, uh, so we, <laughs> we busted out, you know, the rocks tequila, termana. And uh, and then I'll probably have some four roses after that. Well, hey, switch from tequila to whiskey. Now mm-hmm. you want to be funny. This is what I'm drinking tonight. Oh, there you what go. Is that it's tequila. Oh man, Exotica Rosado. Hey, why not break up when you're in the mood to party? <laughs> what better alcohol is there than tequila? Am I wrong? I agree. Hey, I agree. And speaking for the mood to party, I want to let everybody know Vikings Happy Hour today is their one year anniversary as a show. And we have seen so much growth, both in Matt and Ryan, who came in green as greenhorns could get. <laughs> to being very good hosts. And I want to make sure everybody gives them applause for a fantastic first year. Well, I appreciate that, Dave. And it, it could, we wouldn't have been here if it weren't for you, right? You, you are here grinding every day uh, producing this show. So as, as, as much as I appreciate the applause, a, a ton of applause goes to you as well. So um, I hope this is, for many, many episodes to go, right? I mean, last year wasn't fun, but we stuck through it. Um, and I'm hoping that this offseason uh, can be a little better. And that all starts with the, the, the head coach and the GM search that, that's underway. I think moments ago, it was we were just told that uh, Kellen Moore had just completed his interview for head coach. Uh, but, but let's talk about this a little bit because we touched on it last week. And Dave got a shout out from, from Judd on score north last week after the show uh but i want to get your input ryan so mark wilf was very targeted in his words in his presser 
after Zimmer was fired. And the key word that Dave picked up on that not a lot of people did, but it's circulating now, uh, is that they said the uh, the GM would have an input on head coach. Not a, not they wouldn't have final say. They would have an input. And what do you think about that? I mean, are you in favor of the the new GM just having an input, or or do you think the GM should have like their ride or die? Right, like they're going to come into this job tied at the hip with you know somebody else. Yeah, you know that's an interesting uh, you know word to kind of put on this situation, right? I think it's hard for a um, for a first time GM, which it looks like by all you know by all accounts we're likely going to be hiring a first time GM to really have that respect and really have that um, the, the you know the 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 fortitude to be able to solely pick their person right um i think it's hard for an owner to do that especially with all of the gm candidates we're looking at are going to be first timers um and a lot of them are pretty young too i mean not even just first time gms but haven't been in the league all that long uh when you're looking at like 40 right yeah i was gonna say you're looking at quedzy i think he's in his 30s uh early 30s yeah brandon Brown, he's, you know, in his kind of mid to late. Uh, I mean, so some of these candidates are young. So I think they're going to want to, you know, vet out their own people as well. But definitely I, when, when we say input, you know, that, that can obviously has a vast array of different things, right? That could be, um, you know, you get to meet them and that's about it. Or it could be, <laughs> we really want, we really want, you know, your true feelings on this specific person. Um, and, and, and we're really going to value your opinion here. So uh, input, you know, it, it can be a vast array of uh, different meanings there. Uh, but all in yeah. all, I think it's very smart for them to be able to um, own this decision themselves, in my opinion, until this GM gets a little bit of um, you know, dirt on the tires, so to speak. And, 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 you know, if, if this hire doesn't end up working out and the GM, you know, lasts to the next head coach, um, hopefully at that point, they'd probably have a little bit more, you know, full ownership in it. Uh, and I view it as you got a good point about all these guys are young first timers and the Wilfs may want to do it that way, but the Wilfs have always run their real estate business right, that's made them so wealthy. And when they pick out people to do stuff, they pick those out and they do it from, I think, from the leadership style is, well, I'm not going to pick, you know, the one guy at the top and have him picked. They very much are involved in, uh, I want to make sure this this next level is the person I want and the level before below that so that I have, as the owner, full confidence in the team I construct and he's constructing yeah. this team. So if he picks a GM and he picks this, or if they pick the GM and then they pick the head coach, they can be cool with this. We, these were the choices we made and we feel will work best together to achieve the goals we need. And I think that's what they're going to do. I think they're going to say, Hey, yes, we're doing, the parallel search where we're interviewing coaches right now, as well as interviewing GMs when it gets to, they want to hire the GM first and then say, here's uh, three or four coaches that we really like 
what's your opinion on these three or four, that's the the amount of input that the GM's going to have. And that may be that may put one coach ahead of the other and say, all right, Raheem Morris, you're our next, you know, head coach. Uh, Brian Lefwich, even though you're not on the list yet, you may be our next head coach. However it works out. Yeah. I think I think the Wilfs want control over both that they are happy and satisfied with who is selected because they're the ones that get the overall decision and it's their business. Yeah, I want to yeah, bring it, something up it, real quick. Uh, Mary brings up a great point. She says we, sh- uh, us at CTP, should just run the team, and yeah. <laughs> I fully agree. I fully agree. Oh, well, Ryan's been clamoring to do that for at least the past two off seasons because <laughs> he's been talking about how many of his Oklahoma guys have actually hit in the NFL the last yeah. couple of years. Um, so he's he's soon he's soon to hit a lull though in that department. At, uh, uh, I forget his name. Spacing on your head coach that left for USC, Lincoln Riley. Yeah, you know, but I, we have a better coach now than we did back then, and uh, and maybe defensively, not offensively. Uh, but and then you know, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll, I will say this: this Oklahoma draft class isn't quite as strong. So I, I mean, you're not going to hear me raving about as many guys at least early on. There'll be some mid. Mid round guys that I'll be saying, yeah, they're well, athletes. Maybe eleven well, instead but... of twenty two. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Viking Tom brought up. He thinks the GM will be selected in a week from today. Uh, just to let you know, Tom, that uh, Doogie thinks it may be done by next Tuesday, Thursday at the latest. But it'll well, be if next that week. is the it case, be next week. Early if next that week. is the case, this show should be fresh. Uh-huh. With that breaking news, right? And that's that's what it's all about. I I am working on a guest for next week, so I'll I'll let you know if it if it comes through. But it would be a fun one to have. Uh, working on a whole slew news. of guests in the future. That is true. Yeah, I, I don't want to put anything out there until we get the names locked down, but or the dates locked down. But yeah. uh, hey, you know, we I, I've seen it in the comments already. Uh, some of these head coaching candidates. Where's your? Uh, oh, I'm sorry, I had to laugh. Joseph is asking Ryan where his ears are. Ryan, those are souvenirs. Those are all reserved for the girls. You know, I I I didn't do much of anything from a souvenir standpoint. Uh, I really wanted to buy that like twenty five thousand dollar R two D two thing. Uh, it's like a live size replica that actually moves around, but you know I ain't rich like that. So, <laughs> see our our viewers are uh, great that they were, Joseph comes in late and remembers that you were at Disney World. That's fantastic. Trying to get back on track here. <laughs> Um, let's talk. I, w- I just want to get your guys' opinion on some of the head coaching candidates that we've seen because I feel like when it comes to GMs, right, it's it's just a lot more difficult to to pinpoint kind of who they are, what kind of input they had from where they're coming from. Obviously, you know that there's some smart individuals that are well-respected throughout the league. And if anybody listening right now has not listened to uh, Jason's daily sit rep yesterday on hiring on potential – uh, I strongly recommend that you head over to our YouTube channel and check that out because 
it is it's it's a ten minute clip and it's perfect. Um, it, it is exactly how the Wilfs should be approaching this hiring process with the GM and the head coach. But it, back to my question, uh, I want to get your, your thoughts on some of the names that have been floated out there for head coaches because we know some of these guys, right? We've, we obviously know about Kellen Moore, right, uh, with the Cowboys. I don't think we've heard Brian Lefwich's name associated with the Vikings, but He's he is a, a, a hot He's, he's not yet is the key, right? The key word there is yeah. Um, Same with Brian Dayball. Yep. And then, Brian. you know, a new one that's kind of come out of nowhere is um, Raheem Morris, right? The Rams defensive coordinator. Some might know him as the Bucks former head coach um, and something that I guess I didn't realize until recently, but was the passing game coordinator for the Atlanta Falcon during Matt Ryan's MVP season, as well as their Super Bowl run with Kyle Shanahan. So, um, yeah, just, just, just your reaction on, on some of the names we've heard. Uh, if, if you're leaning a particular way at this point, um, and, and we can just go from there. Sure. Yeah. I, I'm going to actually turn it on you that, because I know that you put out a post on Twitter, which I, hopefully most of the of yeah. our, uh, viewers here are following you on Twitter, but you had an interesting take on, uh, specifically on Raheem Morris. Well, why don't you deliver that for the for the folks here that are watching and listening? Because um, I do think that it was insightful, uh, you know, that post that you put out there. Yeah, I think, you know, sometimes we get stuck on, uh, you know, when we're looking at these head coaching candidates, we look at, well, that guy's really good at, or that girl, whoever, that person is really good at, you know, defense, or that person's really good at offense. But something that Raheem Morris brings to the table, and I just briefly alluded to it, is he's probably the most complete candidate, if you think about it. He's still relatively young. Um, mm-hmm. He has previous head coaching experience. Um, I, I called out that he was the passing game coordinator with Falcons during their Super Bowl run and Matt Ryan's MVP. Uh, not only that, but he was a wide receivers coach as well for the Atlanta Falcons. So he's really covered you know, everything you could want from an experience perspective outside of maybe special teams, but I'm not going to really hold that against him. And so I think <laughs> when you're looking at Raheem Morris, um, he's the most, right now, he's the most intriguing candidate for me for for not only those reasons that I just listed, but also because all of these people are coming out of the woodwork for Raheem Morris. And, and it's not just like nobody's either, right? Highly touted head coaches such as Mike Tomlin, Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay. And then you got players like Jalen Ramsey, mm-hmm. one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL. Uh, there, there are guys, I forget what his name is, but he was pretty much alluding to the fact that he was an ass during his tenure uh, with, the, with the Buccaneers. But Raheem Morris was able to still work with him, train him, teach him. Uh, one of the most personable people he's been around and one of the best teachers he's been around in the NFL. And I think when you, if, if you read between the lines of what Mark Wilf said, what Eric Kendrick said, what Brian O'Neill said about collaboration, communication, from what I'm hearing right now, Raheem Morris would check those boxes for me at the current moment. So I think... He's, if he's not hired, I'm not going to be brokenhearted. I've learned to already quickly not to uh, attach my uh, whatever it is to, to the ship of a head coach uh, because 
<laughs> they can they can go in a heartbeat. They'll but, fail. Uh, Raheem, yeah, Raheem Morris is uh, he's intriguing to me, and I I I would be okay with that hire. I definitely agree. Long winded explanation. He, yeah, no, no, that's good. That's what I was looking for, actually. Um, no, I, I actually 100% agree. I don't know if he's my number one candidate, but he's definitely up there for me. You know, I, I want an opportunity for us to bring in somebody who's well rounded, like you said. Um, if I, I'm, I'm actively actually rooting against any retreads, but I don't really ca- uh, count him as uh, really a a head coach, a previous head coach, because he did get a short end of a stick. He didn't get a well-deserved tenure at, with the Bucks. They let him go, I think after a year. Well, it was was also the time that it was after the Super Bowl, and they went cheap. They got rid of all their veterans and they spent just the bare minimum for player salaries. So he couldn't do anything with it. And yeah. he was like forty million below everybody else, or thirty million below all the the next lowest team on cap space. And it's just like, what do you expect? And he still, he still produced a little Did, bit. I I I feel like this is correct, but did did Raheem Morris have to have Josh Freeman as his quarterback? Yes, yes he did. <laughs> And he made Josh Man, Freeman that's... look at least halfway decent. Yeah, I was going to say Freeman actually wasn't bad with the Bucks. I mean, he wasn't great, obviously, but like he he was a competent quarterback there. Um, he put up a couple decent seasons, and again, I, I think that was under the tutelage of of Raheem Morris and staff, right? Um, but yeah, so you know, I like him. You know, another name, obviously, we've talked about that we really haven't do, uh, you know uh, requested is Byron Leftwich. Uh, Again, when you've been working under a really strong head coach in Bruce Arians for as long as he has, because, again, he's been there since the Bucks, but he also worked with him back when he was on the Cardinals staff as well, um, that you know he, he's obviously working with Tom Brady. And what's, what's fun about that is that you, you as an OC are obviously trying to develop and, and continue to push Tom Brady to be the best he can be. But he's also learning a lot from Tom Brady and, and, you know, everything that comes with the, you know, the, the 20 years of experience Tom Brady has the greatest league. quarterback so, of all time. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, granted, of course, is he going to have that type of quarterback here? No, probably not. But, not you know, even when with. he was, yeah, it, but I do think that he, um, from all accounts, again, we're not in these meeting rooms. We're not, um, you know, we're not privy to a lot of this information. However, it, it does seem like his team and his, uh, you know, everyone who's uh, being coached by him really, really likes Byron Leftwich. Uh, Tom Brady has said that he is instrumental in formulating that game plan and putting together, putting them in the best position to win. Um, and again, that led to them winning a Super Bowl last year. Uh, and he so, runs so I'm a big fan of the him. show. The head yeah, coach exactly. has already he just, said yeah. he doesn't touch the offense. He lets exactly Leftwich do it. Yep, and, and I and I love that. Um, another name that I'm I'm intrigued by. I, of course, I want to go offense if we can. So I, I'm pretty intrigued by pretty much all those offensive. Uh, names that have shown up on the list. Kevin O'Connell is high on my list. Nathaniel Hackett, uh, I, I like. You know, He seems to have some great energy. Um, but if we do go defense, I, I wouldn't mind taking a run at D- 
D'Amico Ryans. Uh, you know, D'Amico Ryans is a former, you know, rookie of the year player. He, he's relatively young, apparently just has a ton of energy. Um, his team absolutely loves the energy he brings. He's gotten a lot of great feedback from his players. Um, and he has established relationships with some key people, one being Mike McDaniel, who potentially could be a head coach this year even. But if not, we might be able to pull him over to be our OC because Kyle, Han- uh, Kyle Shanahan does call all the plays for the 49ers. Um Mike McDaniel might want an opportunity to call his own plays. And he already has a relationship with Demeka Ryans because they coach together. So, you know, we might be able to pull a a nice young, you know, offensive minded uh, OC to kind of that is kind of ran a system or help implement a system that is very effective in the NFL and is very similar to the skill sets that we have on this team in terms of scheme wise, right? We wouldn't have to overhaul everything uh, in terms of that offensive line, which we probably should anyway, because they're pretty bad, but you know, we, we wouldn't have to change the complete philosophy of how we're coaching these guys. So th- those are just some of the thoughts that I have. Are you worried at all about, um, cause we, we just got out of an eight year, run with Zimmer, a defensive-minded coach, um, and sort of this revolving door at offensive coordinator. In fact, even Rick Spielman yesterday, he was on the Move the Sticks podcast doing a little bit of an interview with those guys, uh, Daniel, Jeremiah, and stuff, and he alluded to the fact that it was difficult to continue to replace offensive coordinators um, because the scheme's going to be a little bit different. Players may not fit schemes exactly the same way that they do with the previous offensive coordinator. And so there's just a lot of turnover. And given that right now in the NFL, the offense is very, or the, the league is very offense driven, um, it might be more beneficial to have a, a solidified offensive scheme, game plan for however many years, four or five years longer, if the head coach is great. Uh, versus a firm defensive coordinator turned head coach um, with a constant revolving door of, you know, maybe a hot commodity offensive coordinator that up and leaves. Or, you know, if you're trying to tap into some of these legends like a Gary Kubiak, right, who just can only do it for a year or two and then has to leave. Um, so are, are you worried uh, with that at all? Or, or are you just kind of like, it is what it is and, and we'll we'll deal with it? Yeah, I, I, th- that's kind of, a, you know, we're in group chats together. You've heard, you know, all of my thoughts on this, really. It's, it's really about the fact that, you know, if you can have an offensive head coach who has an offensive scheme that, you know, works really well, that, that's the way you really should run things because, um, the, the, it's an offensive league and to change, uh, an offensive, um, uh, playbook and and philosophy year in and year out or every couple of years is very tough on a team and, and we've seen that I mean it's clear as day that that's part of some of the struggles we've had um, as a team so I think it's really important for us to, to, you know ideally to to draft an offensive guy you look at the the playoff teams right now um, I think I, I forget the exact numbers but I want to say like eleven of the uh, fourteen team or no I think it was nine of the 14 or 10 of the 14 head coaches were offensive guys. Um, a couple defensive guys and a couple, uh, I think one or two special teams, um, you know, 
John Harbaugh was a special teams guy. So uh, it, it, it's it's very offensive heavy. Um, and, and you look at all the people who are still left, it's still very offensive heavy. Um, heck, even just looking at the, the trees of, um, was it the Shanahan tree? I mean, you have McVeigh. You have Kyle Shanahan. You have Zach Taylor. I mean, those three guys uh, just alone um, are are just doing some wonderful things right now. So, you know, if we can pluck from one of those groups, right, the Mike McDaniel, the Kevin O'Connell, I mean, it's showing to, you know, work at least be a little bit more uh, translatable than like an Andy Reid tree hire, which again, I think it really does just depend on the situation and stuff. Cause I don't truly think that like all the people who came from Andy Reid that aren't successful or all the people who came from Bill Belichick aren't that aren't successful are bad hires. It's just maybe they got put in a tough situation uh, or maybe they are bad hires. I don't know, but um, I, 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 yeah, they could be, <laughs> but I, I think I want to move forward with one of them. I, I, I'd love to move forward with like an O'Con- uh, O'Connell left, witch or, um, or uh, McDaniel from offensive standpoint. Now, yeah. however, I disagree with you. My number one priority is leader of men. And can that person run an entire team? Not just offense, not just defense. Offense, defense, special teams, all the other BS that comes with being a head coach. What color do you want this for today, coach? You know, all that stuff. Can he handle that? If he can handle that and do it better than anybody else, that's the person I want as my head coach. The only one that seems to fill that box is Raheem right now for me. Um, Secondly, then I go, I want offense versus defense because of the reasons you stated. Offense brings more continuity, even if your offensive coordinator that he hires is good and gets hired away, um, you know, to his own head coaching gig. That offense is still that head coach's offense. So that doesn't change as much. As, yeah. as if the defensive coordinator goes away and you're swapping defenses. Um, and that's what I'm more meant, Dave. I agree with you. Right. Leader of men is num- number one priority for sure. And uh, and that's why I'd go that route. Now, it doesn't disclude defensive guys that come up from the defensive side. Bilicek, obviously, defensive guy. He will go into the Hall of Fame, probably the best coach ever. Um those guys can do it, but you've got you've got to find that head coach needs to be, as we've said before, the CEO type. It doesn't necessarily have to be a CEO because I I view that as business and their different shiny shoes and all sorts of other stuff. It needs to be a leader that can handle every single aspect of how it takes to run that team and have that team learn and coach and play better, bring in together schemes on all three aspects of football to make a winning product. You do that. You find that person. It doesn't matter that the OCs and DCs leave to get head coaching spots. That remains a solid, um, continuous route forward, i.e. Belichick, because he kept losing people on both sides. And 
That's the number one thing I'm looking for. Secondary to that is your offensive guy. So for sure, yeah, you uh, you you definitely nailed it. One thing I want to call out to and uh, Tom Tom said it in the chat: a coach that can hire the right coordinators as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like, it. especially towards the end, Zimmer sort of his bridges with like connections in the NFL. At least, at least that's how it felt, right? Like he had his guys, and then all of a sudden it was just like. We couldn't even really like get anybody from the outside. We just kind of had to like awkwardly promote from within, and you know we questioned whether these people were even like mm-hmm. qualified for the role. Adam Zimmer, um, you know, and even even Clint Kubiak for that matter. But but not only can they hire the right coordinator, right? My big thing is can they delegate? Uh, Zimmer was so possessive of his team which is fine to a certain extent but there are things that you need to give up Zimmer needed to probably give up defensive play calling or just his his defensive baby he need to just give it up allow for for other people to kind of take that role and responsibility so you can focus more on the game management situations you know whatever else kind of pops up throughout the game so you guys nailed it you know a leader of men hires good coaches, someone who's willing to collaborate, listen, and and really delegate some of some of these roles that are going to take a burden on a head coach. So uh, um, I, I feel like we're – what's up, Dave? I was talking to Ted Glover, right? Okay. And uh, most of you all know Ted and I did a show together along with Drew Bunting called Good Morning Gallahorn. For a few years, and Ted's a good friend of mine, has been for a long time now. Um, we're applying how a football team is very much built like a military unit, how you have different components of that, and uh, ah, I lost my train of thought, um, but when it came to leader of men, it's how to put it all together and make it work without being divisive because of somebody else at the equal rank or whatever, re-equal station, buttheads like happened with Spielman Zimmer um, to make it work. And I still lost my train of thought. It'll come back here in a moment. I probably (laughs) drank that brain cell away. I apologize for that. Sorry. (laughs) You good? Well, I was actually, if if it comes back, we can loop back to it. But I was gonna, I was gonna move down the line here a little bit uh, to the next thing. I just, I, I, I want to touch on playoffs. I know that we're not in it, playoffs. Um, but are, I, yeah, exactly. I, I feel like you should have popped up the the picture or the clip. Oh, I've of, got it somewhere. Uh, <laughs> what you're alluding to, but uh, Ryan, did you get a chance this weekend to watch any of the playoff games? Yeah, I uh, watched all of them. Actually, it was great. Uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun to watch. I, Take you know, away. obviously it was. It wasn't like the most exciting uh, weekend of football, right? I mean, there's quite a few blowouts and things like that, but it was fun to watch. Um, you know, some of these teams and how they're coming along and moving along. I, was, I saw a lot of people in the chat when I had mentioned Zach Taylor as as a you know coming along nicely, and you know, of course, they're attributing all that to Joe Burrow, which. Again, you know, I mean, you a head co- a good head coach isn't going to be a great head coach without a, a good 
quarterback, right? Or a good quarterback situation, yep. in my opinion. I mean, they're linked just like a GM and head coach are linked. Um, so um, it was fun to watch that team and how they've come along from being kind of, you know, they, they went from being this just stagnant team that hadn't won since, you know, early 90s in the playoffs and they couldn't get that monkey off their back, even after, well, like a good 10 year run of Marvin Lewis and, and, and being competitive in all of those years. Uh, and then going into the cellar for the last few years. And, uh, and, and so to come up, uh, you know, starting to come up last year before Joe Burrow's injury, uh, and then to see what they've been able to do this year, I mean, we were all bitching about the fact that we lost to the Bengals at the beginning of this year. And now it's looking like, Hey, they have a decent chance to go to the AFC championship. Uh, they're going to be playing yeah. a Titans team. That's, you know, starting to get healthy themselves, but I'm not convinced that they're a true number one contender. So I, I think that's going to be a good game this weekend. So it was fun to watch them, you know, get that monkey off their back and, and, and win. Uh, good uh, to see Joe Burrow continuing to be a rising star in the league because we need those new young up and coming quarterbacks to really keep this league, uh, league moving forward. Um, other takeaways. I, it's always fun to watch Dallas flop. Um, <laughs> as, as they did. Um, and of course I was a little disappointed in my, you know, kind of my second AFC team, the Arizona Cardinals, mainly only due to the fact that Kyler Murray plays there. Um, it, it was kind of sad to kind of see them completely flop like they did. Um, I was hoping to see a better game out of Murray. I, I think, um, Cliff Kingsbury is kind of a dope. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if I, it doesn't look like they're going to move on from him because they probably would have done it already, but uh, they should because he's just falls apart in the second half of the year, every year um, since even he's been in college. Uh, so I think it's time for them to, you know, get Kyler an actual competent head coach. Um, yeah. Outside of that, you know, it was a good weekend of football though. I mean, uh, of course we had the blowouts. We knew KC was going to win. We knew um, what was the other big blowout that, uh, the, the Bills the, the and the Pats. first night. The Bills. The, actually, that one was surprising. I thought it was going to be a little bit of a closer game. So to kind of see that game completely blown out like that, uh, it, it's just goofy though. Because w- what Bills team are we going to get this week? They are. They. Right. I mean, outside of like, there's. And I'm drawing a blank on the team right now off the top of my head. But I'll, you know, there's one other team that's hot and cold like that in this league. Uh, you know, this year, uh, but. Gosh, some weeks they just look so dominant, like there's no way they won't win the Super Bowl. And then they go and put up three points against the Jaguars and almost lose to the Jets in the final like week or uh, you know two weeks in the in the season. And they did put up a, yeah. a stinker against another team and loss. It's just like, what are you doing? Like they're just a, it's a hard team to put your finger on. Well, Dallas did that. They put up a fifty burger against. The what the fuck team and uh, pardon my language, and then the next week <laughs> barely squeaked one out or lost, and then they put up another fifty burger, and then they came into the playoffs and lost. Um, the one thing about the Bills was that they're playing their arch rivals, and there was some deep, uh, you know, Hatfield and McCoy type love there, and when they had a chance to bury them, they buried them. And I would love, absolutely love, to have a coach with the mindset that if it's 30 to 10 in the third quarter, I'm not letting off the gas. I'm pressing on it more. I want to score every single drive we get the ball. 
That's yep. one thing I want. I don't care if he's offense, defense, Keep that aggressive, special teams, leader of men, whatever. Um, at that point, I want that. I want somebody to go all out, and the Bills did. Now, hopefully this week they won't have the letdown. The team I want to see have the letdown coming up this week is our border rival, and they play the San Francisco <laughs> 49ers, who just came off. And early. honestly, that's the best matchup we could have asked for uh, if we want the Packers to lose. I think that matchup is – like obviously Packers are favorite – uh, favored to win and and rightfully so. However, that team is a tough nosed. You know they 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 grind. They are run run run. But I do have defense, to ask defense, you guys: defense. Would you rather see the Packers lose this week, or would you rather see them lose again in the NFC Championship game? This because week. I, uh, I don't know. I I think the heartbreak that they would endure from having to lose another NFC championship game. Like you think Vikings Twitter is bad at its worst. That will send that fan. They get real bad. They, they, and I apologize. uh, If my buddy's watching, who's an avid Packer fan, but I am almost rooting for that scenario because he just can't quite get there again. Uh, And then you got a lot of question marks around that team, right? Aaron Rodgers, Is he going to come back? Devontae Adams didn't re-sign, though they'll likely franchise tag him. You know, I think that Zedarius Smith might also be leaving. You know, you're going to have to sign Jair soon. It's just their window is now, and so it would be really funny if they got to the NFC Championship and just it, – it, it, it'd be the chef's kiss if somehow screwed by the officials as well. Hey. Like the officials blow a call. Matt, and, and I, that's Matt, I agree on, with the – I just got a message from uh, Niner Sickness. Matt, you're no, no longer welcome on the show. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I already uh, uh, overstayed my welcome on that show for the one time I was on. <laughs> well, no, so where I agree, Matt, where, where I agree with you, Matt, in the in in the context of yes, I'd much rather have them have the heartbreak. I don't. I'm not as confident that the other two teams could beat them. That's my issue. Is I, I think the that. Niners are the best matchup because they can run the ball if really effectively well, and they have a pretty staunch defense. I mean, for the most part, if they stayed healthy, we'll see if Fred Warner ends up staying healthy and, and Nick Bosa makes it back. But um, I think the I think that the the Rams are are too Florida or too California. I don't think that they're a hard nosed enough team, uh, even though they have a good strong yeah. defense. It's it's it's. I don't think they play hard. Um, and and the Bucks, they're just hurt. <laughs> they are just hurt. So uh, I yeah. just I worry about Tom Brady being able to put up the offensive numbers he needs to put up with the the talent he has around him with Godwin and Brown now gone so that that that's and right. i mean if they can get uh, if they can get fournette and uh, back you know maybe that helps a little bit but you know we'll see we'll see either way yeah the the consensus is we need we want them to lose and that's all that really matters yes yeah. i was about to say i agree with gmac i want them to lose as soon as possible early and often if, that's fine i'm not i'm not going to complain if if they lose <laughs> this weekend but if they lost next weekend i would also be uh Equally, or maybe even but, a little bit more. But the key to all happy. that is they have to lose. Uh, 
That is true. As Clifford's saying, the Bucks won't get past this week. I I think I, I can't. A Bucks is going to have a hard time if they make it past this week and face them in the NFC Championship and have to go to Green Bay in February. Mm, 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 mm. Forty years old, you might be spry and the greatest quarterback in the world, but you're going to feel that. Yeah, and, and <laughs> at least he's used to it for the most to, part. <laughs> if if the Bucks make it past this week and play the Packers, there's nothing more that the Packers are going to want than to to get revenge on what was last year, um, which was another NFC Championship letdown. So um, we got a little bit of the show left. I want to touch on it. I'm sure we'll touch on it a lot more this offseason, but uh, I want to talk about you know the state of the Vikings defense quick as we head into to the offseason here. I, I tweeted about it the other week on how promising the offense looks um, with some just all these young pieces, Justin Jefferson, Christian Derrissaw, Ezra Cleveland, you know, Irv Smith, Brian O'Neill, Cook, Osborne, Conklin, uh, assuming he resigns. But when you look at the defensive side of the ball, and sorry if the screen right now is glaring, but I have it all on a list here. Um, not as promising, right? We have an aging Harrison Smith, an aging Eric Kendricks. Uh, we have Daniil Hunter coming off an injury. We have Anthony Barr likely to go. Uh, I thought Dalvin Tomlinson and Michael Pierce did all right, maybe the two bright spots. But then when you look at the cornerback position, you're rocking with Cam Dantzler next year. And that's pretty much it. You know, you got Patrick Peterson's going to be gone, or at least is a free agent. Xavier Woods is a free agent. Uh, you know, Mackenzie Alexander, Everson Griffin. You know, all these guys on the defensive side of the ball are – are going to be gone or are at least impending free agents. So that side of the ball looks bleak. So I just, I just want to get your, your, your takeaway on maybe how you'd fix the defense quickly um, or just overall your general thoughts. Yeah. Um, you know, I've started some of my draft uh, draft prep over the last, you know, a couple of days uh, since being back from Disney, uh, trying to dive into some prospects and, and of course doing some mock drafts and doing, you know, this, that, and the other. And I find myself often picking a lot of defensive players because we definitely need it. Uh, you know, like you said, we're really short at cornerback. Uh, we're short really on the defensive line um, in, in general. I, I know that, you know, we, we have Hunter coming back um, except for he's at a huge cap number. So we're going to have to re-sign him or, yeah. uh, or, or trade him or cut him. Right. I mean, those are the options, uh, but we're going to have to do something to lower that cap number. Cause I think it's at like 28 or something like that this year, the way we structured things. Um, he's, he gets an $18 then, million dollar bonus on the fifth day of the new league year. So they put yeah, that in there expensive. specifically for a decision point. Yeah, for sure. Um, but on the other side, what, like DJ Wanham, he has played okay in some spots, awful in some spots. Um, Tomlinson, I, I thought he underwhelmed really, uh, in terms of, you know, for, for the price that he costs, but you know, he played well. Uh, just, he's very, he's an expensive D tackle. Um, and, and then Pierce played well when he was healthy. Um, however, we have an out with him and, 
my guess is he's going to be on the outs because just cap. Unless we figure something out with Kirk where we can make stuff work, um, I, I think we're going to have to let go of, of, of Pierce. And I think the, the preference would be to let go of Tomlinson of the two, but Tomlinson's contract's tough to get out of. Yeah, and I thought Tomlinson played great for what he was asked to do. You're not going to get a, a pass-rushing three-tech out of a nose tackle. Uh, but he played three-tech outstandingly. Um, Pierce played well when he was in the process. The problem with Pierce is the when he was in problem. Um, but there are going to be a boatload of holes on that defense, and it's got to be – it has to be addressed. You can't win yeah, with we, just we offense will spend, alone. We will spend a full episode here – um, or at least a good half of an episode talking about the Vikings defense. I, I don't want to jump to any like conclusions on who they might, you know, resign at the current moment, just because we don't know who the GM is or who the head coach is. And, you know, it, if somebody comes in and it's just an, yeah, it's just an obvious not fit, right. I'm not, I'm not going to say, Oh, we are going to resign him kind of thing. So um, just wanted to get your, your, your quick, uh, view on that, but we got a little bit of time left. So, uh, we almost, I, sorry, we have a little bit of time and I asked people to ask us some questions in the chat here. Um, and so if anybody has any more, feel free to send them over. We almost went a whole show without talking about, you know, who, uh, so let's, let's talk about today's daily uh, sit rep. Yeah. Clifford, <laughs> uh, Clifford asked the question is Kirk cousins staying or going? Uh, we've seen a lot of rumors swirling. Uh, even Chad Graff kind of alluded to it from the athletic that he's probably gone. Uh, you don't post an article talking about scenarios where you can get rid of him if, if you don't have maybe like an uh, an inside scoop. I even think Roto World, or I guess now it's NBC Sports Edge, um, had a little tidbit out there as well that uh, some teams are interested. So, Ryan, we're making an assumption, not really knowing about the head coach of the GM, but if you had to guess at – January 19th at 8.53 p.m. Central Time. Uh, is Kirk Cousins on this team next year? I, you don't have to tell I, me I if you think, like him or not. Yeah, I, I, I don't think so. Um, I, I think it's hard to keep a guy at a, at a $45 million cap number. So obviously the, all the Kirk defenders are going to say, just, just re-sign him and extend him. Okay, but at that point, this head coach and this new GM is hitching their wagon to Kirk Cousins the same way Zim and Spielman just did, which got them – well, it that did not get them fired. It was a plethora of things, but, but that, that was, was a, a factor. Huge that was a factor. I mean, and Zim, Zim alluded to it. You know, obviously a lot of bad press came out about Zim, you know, after he was let go. Uh, but Zim alluded to the fact back in 2018, if we pay a quarterback top dollar – I'm going to get fired. And he he's a prophecy, right? Because it came true. So um, I, I can't see another, I, I think there's going to be enough teams interested in a quarterback of his caliber because he is a good quarterback um, that somebody's going to take a risk on his lack of whatever it is, whatever it is that can't get him over the hump of that 500 mark. Um, some team's going to bet that they can make it happen for him. Um, and, and hopefully trade us. Something. He is a good I, I quarterback. 
he is a good quarterback. Yeah. I can't imagine that we wouldn't get, you know, uh, first is going to be tough to get, but I think we can figure it out. But even if we got in the second round range um, and, and added some more, you know, opportunity to move around in the draft and, and pick a guy that we maybe like a lot or bringing in a bridge uh, to kind of help get us over the hump. Obviously my favorite early, early off season rumor was, you know, the, the the Browns being potentially interested with Stefanski having a good year with Kirk the one year he was a full-time OC um, and, and in return we get a pick in Baker um, obviously I'm sure a ton of people listening to the show is like oh god Baker gross you know look what he did this year again when when healthy he was leading the league in completion percentage and he had a hell of a run in the three quarters of the uh, end of 20. 20 season um that got him to the playoffs and a playoff win so not saying he's gonna be this savior i would i would say he's gonna be a bridge quarterback but if he comes in in 2022 completely lights up the league or you know lights it up enough to earn uh, a franchise tag or a second contract uh you know that that's an easy you know low risk high reward opportunity for us and if he doesn't work out next year uh the draft class for quarterbacks next year is much stronger than this one the, the way i look at it and, and i agree ryan i i think he's gone um the way i look at it is if i am a head coach or a gm you know hypothetically speaking uh the first thing that i would want to do is i'd want to pick my guy um and it would be someone new, like regardless, unless unless I was fortunate enough to walk into a Patrick Mahomes or a Josh Allen or a mm-hmm. Joe Burrow. Um, you know, there are exceptions to that rule, but in, in most scenarios, right, you're going to want to start from scratch, especially at the quarterback position. Um, and so I, you know, I, I saw people chiming in, you know, who are, who are we going to uh, – who are we going to have this year if we don't have Kirk, right? Well, to your point, right, there, there's rumors about, you know, a Baker trade potentially. Um, there's also a reset quarterbacks you could target. I know it may be popular. It may be not popular. Teddy Bridgewater will be on the open market. There's some other quarterbacks as well. And maybe if Kyle give Shanahan, it to Mond. you know, is, let Mond go you could you. give it to Mond too. You, you definitely could. And it, and I could see yeah, a GM coming in and doing that. More quarterbacks, but to fill out the room, but yeah, give it because to Mon. To and then if point, you tank, if, it, it all depends on how the new GM and head coach view the draft. Where are they going to start to the build the rebuild first? Do they go beef up the offensive line, get some interior guys that can actually play interior line? Do they work on getting? a defensive tackle or some defensive edges because we need defensive edges, especially if they let Hunter go. Um, do they work on corners because we need corners? It all depends on that philosophy. Or do they try one of yeah. this year's quarterbacks? Because, yeah, it's a weak class, but at least one of them's going to hit, I would suspect, because that's the, you know. The NFL. The yeah. NFL. So, it depends which way they go. And if they want to go, hey, I'm going to build up the offensive line. I want to get an edge. I want to get a corner. We're going to roll with Mond. Yeah. And if we end up 3-14 and 14 on the season, uh, so be it. 
that puts us in line for number one or two pick next year when the quarterbacks are um, a thicker class. Yeah, it, it, I guess I guess for me, if if that's the mindset um, of, of of a future GM coming in, like they're just willing to throw away twenty twenty two, like and let Kellen Mond start. I guess at that point, I'd probably rather just keep Kirk around at forty-five million dollars and just let him walk. Uh, but the, but the issue then it, is, as we play good enough to get a mid-round pick, mid-round yeah, first-round pick, I just thought and, of that. and and then and then we're out on Bryce Young or you know whoever that you choose uh, at that quarterback position. No, that's it, the only it, issue. Yeah, it, yeah, it all depends point, on the philosophy so. and whether they're going in a full rebuild or not. I don't care what it is. I don't want to keep. As Joseph, and again, I don't want to keep Kirk, Kirk Cousins. I think we need to get rid of him no matter what. But um, that's just me personally because I've followed him his whole career. There's, uh, But it all depends on who the head coach and GM are going to be as what, they, what route are they going to take in building it up into their image, getting the guys they want, and go yeah. from there. And I'm cool with taking next year and putting in Mon and going three and fourteen. Literally, I am. Um, let's build it from there. It would be a long season. Nah, I'm, hey, we'll still joke and have a good time and drink tequila and <laughs> know that hey, nothing was expected of next season because basically nothing is. The Wilfs wanted to there be should competitive. Be zero expectation, right? But there's there's. There's not. It's it, you got a new head coach and GM. What happens after that? You're not. Yeah. You know. The following yeah, there's year, definitely a lot of different, lot, a lot of, lot of different routes we could go at the quarterback position. But I, I do think that if we can get a quality pick back for Kirk, um, I, I don't think a GM wants to hitch. A new GM and new coach are going to want to hitch a wagon to a, a mid thirties average. Well, again. Above average, but very expensive quarterback. Um, where there, it's going to be hard for them to rebuild this team the way that they probably see fit because of this team is broken. So um, I, I definitely see the 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 quarterback position turning over for us. How it turns over if we go to Mond, if we bring in a bridge quarterback like a Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Locke or whoever. Right, I think Drew Locke's Thank a pretty good this year. Um, if Baker, yeah, so I think that got put to rest. I think the GM, um, uh, Barry over there in Cleveland said, said Baker's our quarterback Mayfield. for, yeah, we're keeping Mayfield for 2022. But so I, you know, it, they say a lot of things going on. Spielman has said that in many years, yeah, years. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, but you know, and and I think somebody uh jokingly said, well, I think it was Linda, um. Uh, if Baker would stop doing some of the commercials, he might be a better football player. <laughs> you know, you got to get your bag That's either funny. way. And and the fact that, you know, those commercials probably he shoots them all in like a day or two. I don't think it really affects too much. But, yes, I mean, hey, hey he provides us a lot of joy because those commercials are hilarious. So, um, so <laughs> I, I definitely think that there's going to be a lot of different options for us to go. Um, we might not love it as a fan base from a competitive standpoint, but who knows? Like, you just never know. We, we might have an opportunity and in, in, in draft Malik Willis. And, and let's say we hire a coach that – just knows how to unlock all of Malik's talent. And all of a sudden now we have a new 
uh, kind of run and gun quarterback that is taking the lead by storm. You just never know. So until until we kind of get into the trenches of next year, I think we just have to trust what Quezzy or Brandon Brown or um, whoever the next GM is Catherine to Ray. trust what they – yeah, exactly. Um, trust whatever their, their vision is. Um, trust the head coach, Raheem Morris or D'Amico Ryans or whoever – to, to make the right decision and, and let's just hope for the best. Um, I think that's all we can do at this point. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I think that is a perfect way to end this show right there. That, that's where we're going to, that's where we're going to cap it. Um, talking about, you know, that's, I think that's the, the funnest part about the off season is there is so much speculation, rumors, fun scenarios you can play with. We just don't know, right? We're, we're early on in the offseason. We don't have a GM. We don't have a coach. And so we can keep speculating all we want um, until, you know, September rolls around. Because with this team, you just, you just never really know. So with that being said, uh, to everybody in the chat tonight, uh, thank you for joining us again this week. Uh, and be sure to come back next week because hopefully – we will have a new GM. Hell, we may even have a new head coach depending on how the interviews go and if the new GM kind of likes the candidates that, that the Wilfs have started interviewing for head coach. So come back next week for that. Like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, we couldn't do this without your guys' viewerships and subscriptions to our page. So if you're not already, make sure you head over to our YouTube channel, click subscribe. If you know friends and family that aren't, coming here weekly and listening to this just shoot it over to them tell them to subscribe too and they'll they'll get a notification when we go live uh oh, that way so they don't have to remember themselves I they don't have, have to remember themselves they can just <laughs> um and ryan it was good to have you back again this week we should have a guest next week but i i don't want to say anything quite yet because i've, I've been jinxing myself a lot lately so i'm just going to keep that on the down low no. um there's a question, viewer question you need to answer. GMAC, why do you have your tree up still? Well, he said I have it up already. And so you could either think that I, I've, I've kept it up too long or I've already got it up in anticipation, anticipation of, of Christmas in 2022. So whatever view you want to have for that, uh, it's correct. So uh, with that being said, thank you for coming back, Ryan. We missed you last week. Dave, thank you for producing. Um, And we will be back same time, same place next Wednesday at 8 o'clock. So until then, Dave does it the best. But what do we say? First off, the next live show will be with with Darren and I on Saturday. Two old bloggers. Uh, Darren's already sent me the notes. I have not looked at them yet. Uh, we'll be putting together a show. I'm sure it's to deal with GMs and head coaches because maybe we'll know more by then. There is no Vikings hot takes tomorrow. They are off. We may have another sit rep or two. We'll see. But what we always say is, Skull Vikings! Thank you for watching or listening. As always, if you like, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications. And if you're listening to the podcast, please rate us on your favorite aggregator. Skull, everybody. Skull, everybody.